What's up, Bucketheads? It's Joe with at CBB DFS, and with me as always, Mr. Bird. How are we doing? Joseph, how are we doing, my friend? So I have a question for you right out of the gate. Oh, my. Yeah. Well, so now that we are FWSA nominees for college sports writing, do we have to be a lot more professional on our podcast? God, I hope not. They have like a, a podcasting category. Thank God we didn't. We were we were not submitted or nominated for that one. I don't I don't think I don't think we have the chops to put in entries uh, entries in for that one yet. I, I think our equipment's good, but I think that our uh, our our craft still needs to be refined a little more. Yeah, way too many oohs and ahs and ums. But hey, you know, it's still a very good day for us. And and you know, obviously none of this would happen if we didn't have bucketheads who who read our stuff every day. And so it's really cool to be again to be part of the community and and have a uh, a great community to be, to be involved in and, and our bucket heads are, are the best and you know we're going to keep bringing them the heat yeah and just just to clarify for for anybody who might not have caught the note on twitter the fantasy sports writers association we are actually members um as we provide this dfs content for college basketball um we submitted a couple pieces and uh we're nominated as one of the top three college sports writers so we'll find out in february if we win but it's just an honor to be nominated with some other great writers and uh you know we do this as a passion project, right, Bird? We've always done this as a passion project, and to get recognized for what we're doing, that that feels good. Yeah, we certainly aren't doing it for financial purposes since we <laughs> don't charge any money. So, recognition is pretty cool. Uh, it, it was a it was a cool day. That's that's for sure. Well, hey, we got a Saturday slate upon us. Uh, it's a two K to first, ten K heating up is what is titled. Looks like we get started around eleven tomorrow. Tip offs all the way through one, I think. Yes, sir. Yeah, it looks like a, a pretty good slate, varied slate. Uh, and yeah, there's some there's some some good games in here and there's some complete turds. So we'll probably be quick through some of the lower scoring games and, and really try to focus on some of those higher scoring up tempo uh, matchups. Sounds great. And before we get into the games, I do want to remind you guys on Twitter, we're at CBB underscore DFS. The website is www.cbb-dfs.com. And we will provide prize picks. And Bird was probably talk about the elephant in the room with the prize picks lately. Uh, I got my first one to go down tonight, but that's not snapped a big drought for me. Yeah, prize picks has been a disaster um, of late. We started out really well and, and things have slowed down. I do think that that points, rebounds and assist feature yeah. might help us out a little bit because those steals are just so hard to predict Internal and so, they can really, you know, swing it one way or the other. And so I think that's going to help us. Um, I, I, you know, we always try to put the rationale for why we like a pick in there. And so we want, we want our bucket heads to, you know, to be informed and, and make their best decisions. And, uh, you know, we're just doing it for fun to try to help, you know, people out and, and hopefully, hopefully we go three and O today. Yeah, hopefully we do. And tomorrow, because we'll, you know, we'll always bring that Saturday prize pick heat as well. Yeah. That is for and, sure. But. And, and honestly, Bert, I've been playing our stuff all year long. All year long, I'm still way up as a whole. So uh, it it's it's just frustrating being in a cold spell. But that that comes and goes with this type of uh, entertainment, right? Oh yeah, I mean it's it's basically making parlays. So there's going to be some some ups and downs in it. But but when you do hit, you know, it, it really it kind of pays for the week. And we've talked about that all year long. You know, if you can hit one or two a week, you're going to be profitable. And like you said, you're you're up on the year. And uh, we're off to a good start tonight, and we'll bring some good ones tomorrow as well. Absolutely. All right, Bertie. Well, uh, let's let's get into the slate. Let's yeah, uh, let's dive. Let, let's dive. Well, not this first game. Let's not dive. These first 
first two are a little rough. Um, the first one I got on my list here is Rutgers at Minnesota. These are the days where I miss James a lot because we could just be like, talk about this trash. <laughs> yeah, now we're stuck talking about it, and it's it's not fun. Like you said, these first couple games are are a little rough. Uh, you know, Minnesota is ninth in the nation in field goal percentage defense against threes, but they do give up the sixth most points uh, in terms of percentage of points to two-point field goals. So I think from a Rutgers perspective, we really want to target those big guys. Uh, Ron Harper Jr. is priced down to 7,700. Uh, we know he's got 40 DK upside, highest shot share on the team. Uh, he's not the most consistent guy on earth, um, but, he, but he does profile pretty well in this game. And, and then Clifford Omarui is kind of at a career-high price point, but but really fits that profile of, of what we're trying to target against Minnesota. Um, so his price is a concern, but his recent form has been fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, on the Minnesota side, it's it's really hard to pick out what you like. Jamison Battle obviously has all the usage and shot share for that team. Peyton Willis is normally pretty steady, but this is a team that's, what, on an L5 right now, L4 right now. Do you remember when they beat Michigan? Yeah, yeah, and the things have fallen apart. I think they've got a little bit of injury issues, but, you know, they, they probably overachieved a little bit early on maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that. Any any person that stands out to you on the Minnesota side, would you look at battle at 7,700, or is that too much in this game total too low? Yeah, in my mind, you know, Willis and battle both are kind of their primary options, but I think there's better spots to spend up on with an over-under of only 127. Probably, probably going to look elsewhere. Um, Elijah Stevens has been a guy at 5,500 who's playing over 30 minutes a game recently. He's coming off a 33.5 and, and then a 28 DK performance. Not a big usage guy, but, you know, as a shooting guard, he, he's a decent maybe cash option. And, and then Geo Baker and Mulcahy, I guess, for Rutgers, you could also look at as maybe cheaper options. But but overall, I mean, this 127 over under in a, you know, Rutgers and Iowa just played to under 100 last game. Like, I, I yeah. not feeling not feeling great here. No, and like you said, if you have to feel like, if you have to pick something, maybe the bigs on the Rutgers side of things, just because Iowa is a, or excuse me, Minnesota is a dreadful rebounding team. Yeah, exactly. Yep, I think that's fair. Let's move on. Yeah, I guess we're moved to the Big 12, which is like the, the all-defensive league. I think I, I saw a tweet earlier this week. It might not be true anymore, but who's the worst defense in the Big 12 right now? Oh, geez. I mean, my my brain automatically goes to Iowa State, but they're kind of good this year. Yeah, so, so right now, statistically, Kansas, is the worst defensive team in the Big 12. Wow. I did not see that answer coming. <laughs> no, no, it's pretty crazy. And it just speaks to, well, one, it speaks to the upside that Kansas still has, but but two, just the, the defensive efficiency that this conference has. And so, again, you know, over-under of 125, uh, Texas Tech is going to probably be right around a double-digit point home favorite against a struggling West Virginia team. Again, I don't think there's a whole lot here. There's probably one really intriguing piece to this game. Um, that we'll get to, but we can start with West Virginia. Um, Taz Sherman's price has dropped quite a bit. Um, yeah. Probably still not going to play him right on the road uh, against Texas Tech. I don't. I don't think we can play him yet. No, I, I don't think so. I mean, he hasn't had 20 points since December 12th in a game, and that's that. He's averaging 18 a game, so that's the kind of form he's in right now. And against Texas Tech on the road, I, I no, I can't. Yeah. So I mean, Tech just scares me to death. They they don't give up any shots inside the arc. They don't really give up anything at all. Uh, Malik Curry is a guy who's playing pretty well lately, 4,300. He's got guard and forward eligibility, 32 and 28 DK in his last two games. 
But again, one, that West Virginia rotation is is different every night. And two, you're going against a truly elite defense on the road. Um, I'm probably not looking to play any Mountaineers. What, what about you? Anybody stick out in your mind? Uh, Sean McNeil is always going to be in the back of my mind. I don't know yeah. if I can put him into my lineup, but anybody who's going to be $5,000 who can go out and get 5X just on scoring alone with his ability to shoot the ball and get hot from the outside is always going to be someone you can't just write off. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. But, I mean, again, I, I just I, I can't see a lot of exposure to this game. The 125 over-under, I think that's the lowest on our slate. If not, it's the second lowest uh, behind another Big 12 game. So probably nothing here. Now, Texas Tech is favored by nine uh, on the Ken Palm line, and they're projected for about 67. So where do you think that offense comes from? Uh, I don't like I – don't, I don't mind McCuller, uh, Kevin McCuller at 6,400. Um, he's a guy who sat right around the 30 DK range, was out for a little bit, kind of working his way back. Um, so I think he, I, nobody's going to own him. I don't think anybody will play him. But no. at 6,400, I think he could be an interesting GPP. But the really intriguing option is, is all the way down to 3,900. And you know where I'm going to go here with Terrence Shannon Jr. Yeah, my guy. Uh, yeah. Well, so, I'm going to I'm just going to claim him. I don't think he's ever been my guy. I think it was your <laughs> I stole him. Now I'm, I get him. Yeah, well, you can definitely claim him at 3,900 because we know he's a, a guy that was probably priced around the 7K range, you know, last year when he was yeah. right. Uh, played 27 minutes last game, working his way back from injury. Hasn't really produced yet, um, but we know the production's there. I mean, he was an absolute stud last year, and, and to be able to get that guy at home against a, a West Virginia team that does create some turnovers, but still overall – it just is not that great. Uh, you know, I think I think he's really intriguing in tournaments at 3,900. Doesn't cost you much. If he if he fails, you're probably still okay. Uh, but very intriguing for the pedigree that you're going to get from him. Yeah, and uh, one interesting West Virginia point I want to I want to call out real quick. And this is just because earlier in the year I remember talking to you about West Virginia is not as fast as they used to be. Yeah. But since conference play has begun, they are running the fastest tempo in the Big 12 right now. So they are picking up the pace a little bit, which, you know, again, we talked about the over-under being low. It's something that caught my eye. Yeah, I think that's a great call out. And, and we, we like those games that are going to get a little bit more uh, pace or possessions than, than you'd expect. And so I do. I, th- I think he's in, he's intriguing. Uh, but overall, over under 125, just, you know, not the greatest game environment. No, but let's pivot then to a good game environment. Now, we don't necessarily love the teams or the coaches, but Syracuse at Duke, that over-under is 157. Duke is a 13-point favorite. Uh, Keels is going to miss this one, right, Bird? Yeah, Keels is going to be out, so it'll be interesting to see. Um, you know, if we've got, you've got your high-priced guys, and I don't. Are you playing Boncaro or, or more up at the, you know, in the mid-8s and mid nine ranges? Uh, no, I mean, well, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It really, I haven't done my build yet, so I don't know what it's going to look like. I, I don't dislike either of them. I just have a hard time when there's two alphas like that. I always pick poorly. So, uh, I'd prefer that isolated target of this is who's going to be. Neither of them are the blazing shooter that you would want against a Syracuse team. And neither of them spend all that time in the paint. That's going to collect all the rebounds against the Syracuse team. That's Williams. And that's probably one of the cheaper options on the Duke side of this. I might backfill on the bottom of the Duke roster and just probably just fade the top. Well, yeah. And when, when Williams is your cheap option at 8,300, that's, that's not a cheap. Okay. That's kind of scary. Right. right? 
Right. And I wasn't saying Williams was cheap, but I'm saying he's going to be the, that gobbler of rebounds down. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what I'd probably do is fade that all together and then look down towards the, the Roach Baker area for, for some cheaper exposure at 4,100 and 3,300. Someone, some people who can shoot and knock some shots down and help Duke get to this lofty 85 point point total. Yeah. I wonder if they'll put Boncaro around the free throw line and try to just sit in the middle of that zone. Um, he has started to pass the ball a little bit better. He's got a unbeatable or unguardable kind of mid-range jump shot. I wonder if they sit him around there and just kind of pick that zone apart. It's so slow this year. That 2-3 well, zone is just horrible. Will Boncaro want to? That's the thing. You yeah. know, he might just want to sit outside and shoot threes all day because it's a zone. I, that's the one thing. That's my problem with that guy. We can deal with that topic another day. <laughs> no, I think that's fair. I, I think people look at A.J. Griffin at 6,000. Um, my, my concern with him, we, we know he's super talented. Um, but I feel like the price has is maybe already kind of factored in the potential that he has that he really hasn't quite shown yet. He showed it when he was down in the three K range. Um, he had 31 DK a couple games ago, but he's also had nine, 15, 18 in his last four games. So I not enough. at six K, I know he's going to get more usage, but ugh. No, I, yeah, I, I would almost rather drop down to Jeremy Roach. Like I said, he played 29 minutes last game. He had 19 points at 4,100. He's going to get up a couple triples against yep. the zone. Uh, I think him and I even think Joey Baker could be in play as well, especially with Keels out. He played 19 minutes last game, uh, and he's the one who's got had three for four games from behind the stripe, three for five games from behind the stripe. Those are the options for Duke I would want if I'm looking for some cheap back-end fills here. Yeah, I like that. I mean, Joey Baker's kind of the natural backup for Keels. And then, like you said, Roach, a guy that has been a proven kind of 25 DK score on only paying 4,100 for a guy. And he did play 29 minutes last game against Florida State. So maybe a good bounce back, Scott. What about the Syracuse side? Well, they only play five guys. So yeah. that's cool. I mean, that helps us. It does. Um, Duke's getting destroyed inside ninth highest uh, point distribution to two point field goals. So, you know, Jesse Edwards. I think is fairly priced at 7,600, um, 30 DK in three straight games, dropped 50 at Miami on January 5th. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he profiles well against a Duke team that's just really been destroyed inside the arc. Um, and, and then otherwise, I'm probably looking to Jimmy Beheim at 6,200 just because he's the cheapest of the five starters. That That sounds fair. Yeah, and with, with Syracuse, you hit the nail on the head. It's the five guys. They're all priced pretty okay. So yeah. Those would be my plays out of those. Really, it's going to be an interesting day game from a DFS standpoint, given uh, who, all the people who could step up for Duke. I think that um, there's going to be a lot of action in DFS builds around this game, but yeah. it's going to be tricky to figure out the right combination. That's my takeaway. Yeah, I think that's fair. I don't think there's like that safe high floor play. Like It's a different guy that kind of stands out every night. Um, Wendell Moore's price has dropped a little bit and I mean, he's hard to roster sometimes, but he mm-hmm. does a little bit of everything. Even his bad games, he ends up getting, you know, 30 K. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. I, 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 I don't like, I, playing, like I don't like pressing the button either, but I like it at 86 more than 95. Yes. That, yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. That's enough Duke talk. Let's move on to a really exciting <laughs> Virginia tech at Boston college. Uh, are you going to be able to sleep tonight thinking about this game? 
Uh, no, no way. This is this is the one that's going to keep me up at night. We're talking about a 130 over under here, but the Vegas line has Virginia Tech by six. So on the road going into Boston and uh, excuse me, Chestnut Hill and uh, taking down the Boston College Eagles. Uh, I, I, I don't even know where to begin with this one. Uh, again, where's James at when you need him? Uh, I tell you who I do like. Uh, I give you a name. Uh, I've been on Quentin, Quentin Post since Mississippi State. He never really materialized there. But since cha- since transferring to Boston College this year, he's been getting a little more run lately. Big-time usage guy, big-time shot share guy, decent rebounder. Quentin Post is a name that we could take a look at today. Yeah, 4500 not a bad price. BC's kind of had like these just random big guy explosions. Bickerstaff went for 38 DK last game at 51 um, they're, they're hard to figure out, but I think those would probably be my two options from a Boston college perspective is, is either Bickerstaff or post, uh, Virginia tech. I, I don't really want to spend up for some of these guys. Mutz has been really good lately. We know Aluma is good, but I, I really don't want to pay for that in, in this environment. Uh, storm Murphy is probably a, like a four X type of play at 3,800, but it's super boring. Just like this game. Yeah. Um, 338th tempo versus 288th tempo. So, I think we probably talked enough about this game. We we have, but I will I will second your Storm Murphy play just because Boston College does give up a tremendous amount of good looks from beyond the arc, and he is uh, probably their most reliable shooter from out there. So yeah. I, I'll I'll second a Storm Murphy not on the way out. All right, that's fair enough. Let's get to some Big East. How about Seton Hall and St. John's? Man, this conference is getting wonky right now. You had uh. Villanova losing this week. Uh, Seton Hall just lost to DePaul. Uh, in this one, they're four-point favorites over St. John's. Massive total here, 158, mainly because Mike Anderson is running like crazy. Um, do you have any initial thoughts on uh, Seton, John, uh, Seton Hall and St. John's? Yeah, I like uh, a lot here, um, and I'll be interested. You're, you're our Big East guy, so I'll be interested in your takes. But um, Roden at 7,300. Uh, it feels great, you know, kind of lives in that 30 DK range. Yep. So, so it'll feel good there. Uh, Bryce Aiken's really earned that $6,900 price tag. He's got 30 DK in three straight games. He hasn't had a game under 25 DK in seven straight games. So yep. I feel like those are two really like solid cash options who have some upside too. Um, what I'm curious, and I, I think you'll, you'll agree with those first two statements, but I'm curious on what your take on Ike is. So he's, He's playing way more minutes than he has been. Um, I I would be worried about the pace of this game for him, but he played 37 minutes against Marquette, who plays super fast. He played 25, 25 minutes DePaul. versus DePaul, super who fast. plays super fast. Like, uh, if he's going to play this many minutes... Yeah, it's it's weird. You know, big man gets hurt. The first thing you do is you get him back and you play him 30 minutes a game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I, I, I did a double take looking at those numbers earlier when I was prepping for this one. And yeah, it, it's kind of crazy, but Ike does it a lot of ways. He's rebounding like a madman, but he's also an excellent, excellent shot blocker. So when you have a team that likes to take the ball to the hole and, and St. John's, you know, they like the three ball. Um, they might not test the interior as much as a Marquette, you know, a team or a DePaul, a yeah. team that's a little more deficient on the perimeter. Uh, uh, they might uh, 
not challenge him as much inside. But again, you can't argue with those type of minutes. Now, Ike's never going to be a scorer. You know, no, no. even in all these 30 minute games, he's getting two, seven, two. He, he's not going to score a bunch of points. So you're getting all of this in rebounds and blocks. And, uh, you know, it, it's a gamble. I think at 5,100, I'd prefer him more in cash than a GPP yeah. build. Um, but uh, I, I'm still I'm going to watch with my eyes on Saturday to find out where the minutes are coming from and and why why this is the direction that they're going right now, because his whole career, he's never played this. This is like Romero Gill numbers. No, it's crazy. Yeah, this is this is so on. That's why it just stood out. It was so unlike what we normally see from him. It was just it's just weird. Yeah. So uh, I think those are probably the guys from a Seton Hall perspective. Um, where are you leaning um, from the Johnny's side? You know, so here's the thing. I wrote the Johnnies up earlier this week. Uh, Champagne is always an option at 9,200. I prefer him to some of those Duke options that are in that higher price point just because this game is going to be a, a little up and down. And and I just think he's the kind of guy who can do something weird on any given night. You look at his 32% shot share. That's top 50 in the nation. This guy's going to get his up. Posh has been pretty steady. Um, he's at 8,100. I've always been a big Adewusu guy, but his price continues to climb up, and he's almost priced out for me. Um, one guy we did hit up on our write-ups this week was Wheeler. Um, Wheeler had, gosh, what was it, 32, on, I think, on Wednesday, and that was at 4,400. So that was a nice self-pat on the back for us. But now he's at 5,100. I'm probably pumping the brakes a little bit on Wheeler. But I I think the major, the main guys, Champagne, Posh, uh, they're they're very much live. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I know we've we've kind of vented uh, offline about Champagne just kind of floating around the perimeter and really just becoming a three point guy. I don't know if that's to try to impress the NBA scouts or like what what <laughs> it is. But God, I wish he would rebound. Like he, I mean, he had one game where he rebounded really well against DePaul. But man, a lot of times he just kind of hangs out on the perimeter, and it's 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 so frustrating because he's so damn good. He is. And, and, you know, he's sneaky athletic, too. You, you, you forget how athletic he is because he's never around the rim jumping. Um, yeah. But he's he's a really good player. With him, you're playing for 20 shot attempts. And that's yep. that's impressive. And probably a third of those are going to be from three. Um, and, you know, if someone gets in his kitchen or if this game goes a little sideways and he decides he wants to rebound, you know, yeah. he can smash. Well, they got to do something. They've had some horrible losses. And they I mean. It, it, you get worried that they're just going to quit here at some point, but you know, he's, he's a guy who's always going to go get his. And, and so he's interesting. And, and I, I like the other call-outs he had. I think there's kind of four primary options. I wish Wheeler was a little cheaper because um, he's been really good lately, but, but I think those are kind of the key guys we hit on. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm good with that. And I'm good with that game. You want to move on to the next big East one? Yeah, let's stick in the big East. So we got um, Villanova is going to be a 14 point road favorite uh, per Ken Palm. Uh, over under of 140 and really bad Nova loss against Marquette. That was, that was not good. Yeah. Uh, DraftKings is really teasing me with Jermaine Samuels at 54. I know. Uh, so what, <laughs> what are your thoughts on the Wildcats? Uh, yeah, I, I was going to make my Jermaine Samuels joke, but you beat me to it. Uh, so this was our guy for really what the last three or four years. <laughs> um, yeah. he's always been around 55, 5,000, $5,500. $5, and, you know, just occasionally 
like every third game he would go for 30, 33 DK. And you'd always take a nice six, seven X when that happened. And it was nice. This year, Samuel started in the seven, eight K range and he had some, some of those 30 DK games, but not as frequently enough to maintain that price point. So he slowly trickled down. And now, now our boy, he's down here at a uh, 53, 50, 5,400, uh, tomorrow. And I, I just love him at this price. He's really, um, uh, uh, he's well, how would you define him like an active undersized four yeah yeah i mean it, yeah yeah i think that's fair you know dixon is is kind of is actually played a little bit better than i expected a little bit i think that's taken away some of his usage but he's a guy we know can sit at 30 dk um hasn't done it a ton lately but we know it's in there and, and really coming off that loss i wouldn't be surprised if jay wright tries to change things up a little bit and, and get him some some easy looks. He's a tough guy to guard. Georgetown doesn't really play defense. Um, so it seems like a nice bounce back spot. Yeah. And, and like always, Justin Moore and Gillespie should be fine. Moore snapped a string of 35 plus games. I think there were four in a row for him. He was really shooting the ball well. And they came out on fire in the first half against that Marquette and then just disappeared. I don't know. Hadn't really seen much, uh, much of those traits out of him before, but I expect him to fully bounce back at 7,500. I probably lean him a little over Gillespie just because the whole team isn't probably going to need to lean on Colin in this one. And that way Colin can kind of just coast to his 28, 30 point game. Uh, I do think Nova covers the 14 pretty easily. This Georgetown team is, is not good. You're talking about a division one big East team. Guess what their defensive ranking is on Ken Palm. Oh, I mean, is it, it's not in the twos, right? 232. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So, I mean, they, Villanova should have no problem controlling the temple, getting what shots they want and then making said shots. Wow, that's a cra- that's crazy. I, I noticed Muhammad. So Muhammad's still priced up quite a bit. You know, he was a five star kind of stud, but he's he's taken less than ten shots in back to back games. And and if he's not going to be just a volume ball hog, I I really worry about him at that price point. No, you you can't play him really. Uh, you're looking for value, or you're looking for our boy Caden Rice to get hot. <laughs> yeah, well, Rice has got the best job in college basketball. Just just rip threes. And that's it. Just set set shot threes all game long. Yeah, that's right. Against St. John's, he was uh, 5 of 14 from deep, which was <laughs> a, a nice day. But last time out, uh, this was uh, against Providence on, what, two days ago. And uh, he uh, was 5 of 7. So he was he was stroking it pretty good that night. Uh, ended up with 25 DK. He's up to 5,300. So, again, for, he's he's a wild GPP play, but you know he he can finish with a whole variety of results. But it is fun to if you if you plan on watching this game and you want a little Caden Rice, or maybe if there's a, a DraftKings sportsbook prize or prize pick on him, you know you you can make it earners. But I guarantee you they're going up. It's so great when when seven three point attempts is like your season low of of three point shot attempts. Unbelievable. Yeah, that, that's um, not a, you know, that's not a joke either. Um, yeah, I will say crazy? this too. Uh, Bird, uh, Timothy uh, Igofi, he's 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 been resurgent lately, kind of reclaiming that center spot for the team. Twenty six and twenty seven minutes in his last two hasn't done a ton with him, but he's a guy who played a lot of minutes last year. And he's someone at thirty nine hundred who could be interesting for Georgetown. Yeah, I like that. I think he's been was hurt for a while. It's nice to see him back. I think they need some presence inside. And and then otherwise, you've got Kerry and Harris are kind of their guards and. Um, they, they shoot a lot. Um, I, it, it, and this game, you know, there is an over under of 140, but Georgetown's, 
implied total on Kempom is in the low 60s. So uh, we we kind of expect a big bounce back here from Nova, right? Yep. I'd take the 14 if I was a betting man. If I was a good betting person, I probably would think about it a little more. But since I'm just an average yeah. better, I'd say take UConn on the 14. Yeah. Thank God we're, we're good at DFS because we're, well, good at talking about DFS. I'm not sure we're good about making lineups either, but... <laughs> We're not the best sports bettors. Price picks has been hit or miss, but we are here to open the box for the puzzle, pour yes. all the puzzle pieces on the table, turn them all the right side up, maybe point out a corner or a couple edge pieces, but then we step out of it and we yeah. let we let them put together the puzzle. Yeah, we frame it and then oh yeah, we'll, it we'll mat it and get it in a nice frame and hang it for you in, in your in your in your study. <laughs> but. <laughs> But uh, as far as completing the puzzle itself, that's on that's on the bucket heads. It is, it is. But it, it's a hell of a lot of fun talking about it, and we, we, yeah, we do. You know, it's it's a lot of fun. Hey, let's talk about another. You know, one of your conferences here, SEC Vanderbilt at Florida. Florida is Ken Palm has has him as a seven point favorite. It'll probably be less than that mm-hmm. because we've got no Castleton. Nope. And oh, geez, it's so, a big so loss. It is a huge loss. Yeah, huge loss. Uh, Jitterbo started, got into foul trouble immediately. Um, I, what, what are your thoughts on the flight? I'm interested in the Florida side first. I think we can hit on Vandy probably quicker. But what, what's, yeah. what's your thoughts on the Florida side? So I think the Jitbo's not the answer, right? I, I mean, if you want to try to recreate Castleton, you know, bring in the 6'11", 300-pounder to to be your, your tree stump center down there. But honestly, if – if I'm Mike White, which I'm not, he's way smarter than I am, you know, get Drew Jean at the five and just push pace, right? Yeah. Uh, that's that's what this team needs to do. You saw what Drew G did when he had that opportunity to play 30 minutes last game. The guy's just an absolute pogo stick yeah. um, off the ground. He can shoot it from the outside. He can rebound. Um, Castleton, that guy, that's 30% of your offense that you lost. You, yep. I mean, of your usage, 26% of your shot share, and by a mile, your best rebounder. Uh it's not something that's going to just re- be replaced in a game. I think Vanderbilt has a shot of winning this game outright. Might be a money line I look at tomorrow um, because this Florida team is going to take a week or so to to find itself. Now, when they do that, it means two things, in my opinion, Bird. You can correct me if I'm wrong here. Number one, Flanders is going to do Flanders things. <laughs> I mean, he's correct. just he's. Just, Anytime a possession breaks down, he's the type of guy who's like, all right, I got it in my hands. I'm going to get a shot up. Yep. Shot up. yep. Number and he's two, only at 5,200, so I think he's still very, very well-priced. Yep, I agree with that. And number two, a guy like uh, Tyrell Appleby down there at 4,300, one of that old veteran tryhards who's been around for a long time, a couple different stops. He's going to be someone who's that steadying, calming force that tries to keep them in and out of things. I wouldn't be surprised if his usage came up quite a bit and uh, Appleby really steps out. He had 32 uh, last game without Castleton in the lineup, I think, uh, at 4,300. He's a bit of a steal in this one, especially if it gets pacey. Yep, I I think that makes sense. Uh, You know, remember that when we went to Vegas and there was the the Florida – basketball fan who was just a, just a diehard Florida yeah. basketball fan. It was awesome. That, it was a nice guy. Yeah, he was a super nice guy. I, I bet that guy's talking about Kawisi Reeves right now for Florida <laughs> down at $3,000, six, six small forward. He's played over 20 minutes in back-to-back games. Uh, real good stroke uh, has had 20 DK in back-to-back um, a guy who's seeing more minutes as a freshman starting to earn uh, Mike White's trust. 
down at the very, very minimum, 3,000. Guy can shoot it a little bit. Florida fans are pretty excited about him. I, I've made worse plays in my life at 3,000 than a guy coming off back-to-back 20 burgers. I made worse plays on that Vegas trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that, that, is, that is a great call-out. I, I, I was hesitant to put my uh, eggs in the Kuisi basket, but uh, I, I think there's going to be opportunity teams, and that's yeah. an example of one of those guys who can step up and take advantage in this opportunity. Because r- right now, Castleton is... You know, there's no end in sight right now. It's indefinitely right, right now. Yep. Yep. Let's flip over to me. Size, like you said, with Deruji, I mean, you could bring in a, a guy like Reeves who's six, 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 seven, can help you with some rebounding from the wing. So, yeah, we, we hit on Florida plenty. Um, what are your thoughts on Vandy? I, I, I didn't really love uh, Pippen's price. No, but I mean, you just got to get used to it. He's earned that over his career. You know, he's a junior now. Uh, he's going to be between eight and nine. Over nine is probably where I'd rule him out completely. Um, Florida's still going to be sound defensively. With Pippen, he's just got to cut down on the turnovers, you know. Um, if he can do that, we've seen him have big games. We saw what he did to Kentucky. Um I'm probably not going to play him at 8,800, uh, not with their implied point total in this one. He, even though he might have just a fine game, I just don't see a lot of ceiling here in this one. Um, I'd much rather spend down on Jordan Wright, who's really that number two in this offense. He's 6,100, so save yourself $2,700. I can't do math right now. And, and go get Jordan Wright if you really want a Commodore. I just can't see paying up for Pip. Yep, I'm, I'm, that's my note. You know, he's not Jordan Wright's not going to drop a 50 burger like he did against Georgia, but he does have the second highest shot share on the team. He's shown consistent upside throughout the year at 6100. Looks much more favorable compared to Pippen for for that 2700 less. Yep, and I'm a, I'm sure you know this, but I'm a Miles Stute guy. Um, only eight minutes last game against Tennessee, but that's Tennessee. They do weird things to teams. Prior to that, 28 minutes, 29 minutes, 26 minutes, 30, 30. All of those, uh, uh, a couple good games in there. He's a guy who can get hot from deep. I'm not recommending that at 4,600, but I, 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 I like calling out Miles Stute on the off chance that he has one of his big nights. Yeah, that's very astute of you, Joseph. <laughs> but don't play him. Yeah, but don't play him. <laughs> Because that would be a stupid play. So you wanna you wanna touch on uh, Kentucky Auburn now, or do you wanna save that for like the end? Yeah, let's save it. Let's 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 let's, let's come back to that one. Let's go to Oklahoma State Texas, which shouldn't take long. Um, Texas, Jesus, Texas. Yeah. What, I I mean. So so this will be quick. I, I'm our Big Twelve guy. This will be fast. I I can't trust anybody on this team right now. Chris Beard. I don't know what's happening, how you're not playing Trey Mitchell. He doesn't even play. He sits on the bench now. Um, <laughs> Timmy Allen is, is really your only safe option at 6,500. Over-under of 124. I, I, they, they, they're, they're kind of, they feel like Louisville to me where there's just not – there's some mess right now. I, I, don't, I don't want to touch it with 10-foot pole. I, I agree with that. Uh, I trust Chris Beard in the long run. Um, yeah. I, I think I think we all got excited when all these big names started flocking to Texas, and then when you get into Beard's system, it's probably not what you uh, what you expected. I think that um, I think Beard is a better suited for grooming uh, and recruiting than uh, transferring. Uh, but you know that's that's not a DFS necessary. I think we're seeing the 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 onset of that 
He got too many good players. That was the, I mean, he, he got he got too many good players and he doesn't he doesn't know what to do. It's you didn't a, need them all. No, you, no, you really don't. It, it's a mess. So so I I, I can't I, I have no faith in Texas. Sorry guys, I you know trust your gut on on the on the on the Longhorns because I just I don't I don't know what to say. Um, Oklahoma State, you know I feel bad. Bryce Bryce Williams got hurt, um, which which sucks for him. Just truly looking at it through a DFS lens, it does open up opportunity for Avery Anderson and Rondell Walker. Um, Walker's down at 3,400, and he'll probably start tomorrow. And he's a guy we've seen play very well when he gets the minutes. At 3,400, I do like him a lot. Um, Avery Anderson the third is probably a little safer at 4,700. Um, more of a four to five X option where where Walker, if he gets hot, especially from deep, he could. He could uh, do some things again. That the the game environment sucks, um, but but Walker will be intriguing. And, and with those with less mouths to feed in that backcourt, um, I think it ends up helping uh, a little bit from a DFS perspective. Any of the bigs? They don't play Caleb Boone anymore. Um, <laughs> never going to play Musa Cisse. Uh No. No. Fair enough. Big 12 is hard this year, man. They, they they play such good defense. It's just, it's a tough, aren't, it's, it's aren't tough. They, right aren't they statistically rated the best conference right now? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's fair too. I think they've earned it. Um, but yeah. it's just well, from a DFS perspective, it's not, it's not the greatest. No, that's okay. Yeah. And it is okay. Well, you know what? It is a, a pretty solid game though, is Florida state at Miami battle of Florida. They literally, they, you, you win the state of Florida. If you win this game, I'd return it. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry to all of our Florida bucket heads, but <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's it's like three degrees in Illinois right now, so I shouldn't say anything. No, yeah, Florida sounds pretty nice. Um, I these two teams already hooked up, Bird. They did. They did. They did. Um, what we got? Seventy-five, seventy-two is is Ken Palm's projection in this one, which is nice. Miami is a wagon this year, evidently. Like they're super, super good. Um, they get it done with guard play. Do you have a preference on on their guards? On the Miami, I, I well, I'm a Mugusty guy because he won me the most money recently. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, so I'm I'm definitely biased, and I've seen like we're from Illinois. We watched a little DePaul when Charlie Moore was here. You know, you're a Kansas fan. We've seen enough Charlie Moore not to pay eight thousand dollars for him. I think that's fair to say, right? Yeah, I mean, Charlie Moore's been awesome this year. So let's not, you know, let's no, not no, I'm not, I, I'm not but, but yeah. Uh, with McGusty's rebounding upside that he provides uh, on that kind of four guard look that they have, I, I do I agree with you. McGusty is is probably a safer option. Yeah, uh, and Wong's been quiet lately. Uh, he only had ten the first time they met. Florida State actually won this game sixty five to sixty four, so much lower than the total that's implied here. Yeah, um, that was at FSU though. Um, Isaiah Wong's been quiet. He only had ten in that game. Seventy four hundred. His price. Has come down a skosh. Well, it's it's from the eight thousand it was yeah. from the eight thousand was at the beginning of the year, um, but I could see I could see him having a game more like his last time out against UNC where he had twenty five. He's a good yeah. player, it just yeah. someone that doesn't stay quiet for long. Yeah, I, I'd probably rank him Augusty Wong more if it was if I were forced to. Yeah, uh, Miami's not that deep, so you kind of know who you're getting there. Wardenburg at 5,700 is going to play close to 30 minutes probably. Jordan Miller, um, he's at 6,200. He's going to get all the minutes. They do not reach deep into that bench. 
Nope. Yeah. You know, Wardenburg at 610, you, you kind of have to play him against the length of, of Florida State. I wish his price didn't go up, but but I, he is going to be on the court. I'd rather focus on the guards, but if you're stuck at forward, you know, he there, there's, I guess you could think about him. Uh, last time these two teams met on the Florida State side, uh, Cleveland actually had a pretty nice game against Miami. I think the 15 was a game high for the Knowles. And then he went quiet. He, he was kind of in a quiet stretch at that time, but really snapped out granite against North Florida last time with 21 and 10. I haven't really had a lot of success with Cleveland this year. Have you bird? No, no. Cause he wasn't on the slate against North Florida or whoever. No, of course not. But I mean like earlier in the year when he was starting to pop off. Yeah. You, you, you no, I, I think I got a four X out of him one time. I, I think he's, he's popular. I think people can, can see the potential that, that he's shown, um, but it, it almost feels a little bit like AJ Griffin, where they've kind of priced him up a little bit more than maybe he he's earned at this point. Maybe I think that's fair. Um, I I always lose money on Caleb Mills. Twenty seven percent shot share, top hundred steal rates. He gets a couple boards. He gets a couple assists. He's got over thirty DK in four of his last five. Every time I play him, he goes about two for eleven from the field. But that's my problem. That's not a Bucketheads problem. That's, that's you, a bird problem. Will you let us know if you play him tomorrow? <laughs> I'll, I'll send a tweet out if I if he's in my. Hey guys, I'm playing Caleb today. Just FYI. giving you a heads up. <laughs> Running T-T-Y-L, high. Tyl Bird. <laughs> he 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 should be awesome. And Miami doesn't play defense. Like no, he, he should be good. And his price is, is totally fine. Um, Osborne's back or probably going to be back. Um, and so we know he's a good player. He's going to take some usage. Florida State's rotations are. Shit, they they change every game, um, so they're they kind do. of a hard team to figure out. Uh, I'm hoping uh, Raekwon Evans continues his run. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously the North Florida game he didn't play much, but 30 minutes, 30 minutes, 28 yes. minutes, and the three prior, um, yep. all with pretty good days, 5x, 4x, 5x, 4x around there. So that's someone at 4,900 sub 5,000 dollars you could take a look at. But like you said, with Florida State's rotations, it's really hard to. Uh, Hard to hard to crack that nut. Now I will I will just follow Twitter and see if you play Caleb Mills because I I would be interested in that if you were off it. Okay, I will I will post in the morning if I'm playing him or not. <laughs> All right, uh, let's uh, let's go over to Baylor Baylor Oklahoma. Yeah, and then we'll hit on the main event at the end. Yeah, sounds good. Another Big Twelve game, a little bit better over under. Uh, mm-hmm. Ken Palm's got this at what one thirty nine. Baylor is a five point road favorite. I'm taking the under if it is around 140. I mean, I, I, yeah. I don't. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's right. That's the correct play. <laughs> we got a Kinjo's game time decision. Have you seen anything new on that? I haven't. Yeah, still, still, a, still a Q tag. Yep. And we're, you know, we record this. Uh, this is, it's Friday night um, for us in, in cold central Illinois. Um, but with him being a game time decision, if he were to miss, LJ Cryer would become super popular and, and for good reason. Uh, 5,100 has 5x plus upside at, at that price point, especially if Akinjo weren't able, were not able to play. What do you think about that? I think that makes a ton of sense. Um, yeah. But I've also learned not to question you on all things Baylor. <laughs> <laughs> Baylor's a hard team to figure out right now. Matthew Mayer finally played well last game, but, but I, we, he looked awesome last year, but now that he has to play more minutes, he really 
he's really struggled this year. He's got a great mullet, but um, doesn't score points. Yeah, mullet doesn't get you the ball in the basket. So, I, you know, Flagler's been a lot more consistent at 7K. Um, I'd probably look at him before Mayer, probably, because they have similar upside, really. Mm-hmm. Um, if Akinjo does play, it's going to be hard to pay that price with a, with a questionable tag. Uh, Sokan's uh, game-time decision, too, and so I'm, I'm not probably interested in the forwards from the Baylor perspective. Uh, really, it, it'd be LJ Cryer is the one that really unlocks uh, one of those puzzle pieces if, if uh, Kinjo's out. Yeah. Anything else you saw? No, I just going back to the first time they met, you know, Baylor won this game by 10. Uh, it was a big Akinjo day, so we're going to monitor that. But Mayer didn't do much in that first meeting. Flagler, like you said, consistent, had 22. And then JTT had uh, 12 uh, in, in limited minutes down low. So it, it might be uh, interesting. It could be interesting for him if there's a comfort level going up against the squad. Um that was just really looking at the first meeting. Oklahoma, on the other hand, I, I this is a team, they play a lot of guys, man, and I don't like teams that play a lot of guys. No, they're a disaster. Um, no, if you look through, there's there's just no consistency right now on this team. I mean, in theory, if you look at the Ken Palm data, you'd say Groves. He's got the highest shot share. He's got the best rebounding rates. But, I mean, the, the Big 12 game just seems maybe just a little too fast. For him, I know he blew up Kansas last year in the tournament, but he, he, it's just not, it's just not clicking. Um, you know, maybe, maybe Goldwire makes sense as a, as a cheaper option, but he's really not that cheap either. You know, so like, well, I 5, really, really struggle. Fifty five hundred, you're paying for the usage and the point guard. I mean, I, I don't, I don't hate the Goldwire play if I'm looking at this game, but if you go down their list of this team, though, everybody is twenty percent possession. Everybody's twenty percent yep. shot share. It's yep. just a very balanced attack. You know, guys that we personally like, like Groves, like uh, Emoja Gibsons. These are these are people that we would normally gravitate towards, but we can't necessarily catch a break on them. You know. Yep. Nope. Yep. They're all, no, no, there's no great form right now either. You know, it's just, uh, it, it's ugly. It, it's an ugly duckling right now and the, with the Sooners and, and they really need to win. Like this, this is a huge game for them. I just don't think with, with these other games that are on the slate, I don't think it's worth guessing on one of these mid tier options when you've got some sure things. Well, I tell you what, Porter Moser has done a hell of a job turning them into a Porter Moser team. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he, he really has. He, uh, yeah, it's, it's gonna that, take him that goes time. back to the Majerus days, too, because, you know, he was a disciple of Rick Majerus and, and, and the the balance that he would preach and try to bring. You remember his slew teams the same way. Oh, yeah, yep. anybody can get you on a given night. And that's 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 kind of their identity. Yep, sure is. Yeah, I yeah, I, I struggle with this game. So, you know, sorry, guys, like the Big 12 is just. It's a rough conference to write up from a DFS perspective right now. So if you really want to get into that one, you know, trust your gut. Uh, it's 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 tough sailing. Let's go to the Kentucky. Yeah, game, don't. don't how, about, how, about, how about don't get into that one? Get into this one. Stack it seven ways from Sundays if you can. Let's talk about Kentucky and Auburn. This is Auburn at home. Three point favorites over Kentucky uh, over under here. Jeez, one fifty one somewhere in there. 7774 is what Ken Palm says. Bird, before we get into the plays, who do you like in this one? So they had they said um there's people camping out 
for this game at Auburn. When's the last time Auburn basketball has had students camp out for a basketball game? Did Bo Jackson play basketball too? <laughs> he probably he probably would have been really good. He, he did really like good. one of the commercials I know, but uh, yeah. I think Frank Thomas went to Auburn, played some hoops. Oh yeah, big baseball hurt. player, first baseman, big hurt. Yeah, yeah. He God, we're old. Bo Jackson, weird. Frank Thomas. For you young kids. <laughs> no. Yeah, no shit. Um, I I really enjoy watching Auburn play. I've got a I have them forty to one to win the strap. Which nice. you know, I don't think they're going to win, but that's that's a great number for a team that probably should be the number one team in the nation right now. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, I've got Johnny Davis eighteen to one to win Player of the Year too. Huh. Oh, <laughs> well, well, outside of that, I think we yeah. can get into the plays here. Which side do you want to talk about first, Kentucky or Auburn? You want to start with Kentucky? Yeah, let's talk with Kentucky. Go run. I mean, so severe Wheeler to me stands out as as yep. his favorite play. Um, but what were what were your thoughts? Yeah, no, that's that's my favorite play. Seven thousand bucks. Uh, he is back, fully healthy, getting the full minutes. Twenty eight and thirty the last two games. Had thirty eight in his return from injury. That was your classic severe day with twenty one points, eight assists. Uh, this one. The last game against AM, a little more of a, 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 a Texas AM game. I don't know what else to call it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, 12 yeah. points, four assists, uh, eight turnovers. Not a good day for Severe. But this, this game and this pace uh, that's going to be up and down, he's going to have the ball in his hands all game long. And, you know, we could see double digit assists. I, I don't know if Auburn's going to have a. I like Wendell a lot. I don't know if they're going to have a point guard who can just check him the whole way. He's just that quick. You know, yeah. it, there's not too many people who can do that. So I really like Severe Wheeler. His price at 7000 4X on that's 28 I could see him getting 5 and maybe going over 5X in this one if this one is everything it's lived up to be. Yeah, I, I don't see Wendell Green being the type of guy who wants to go lock somebody down. He wants to go outscore somebody, right? Like that's well, that's and, and he will, and that's the fun part about Wendell Green. And we can talk about this on the Auburn side of it when we yeah. get there. But Severe will come down, go past him, make an awesome pass for a dunk for Sweebway, and Green will come down, do a, a twelve crossover, pull up three. It, it's going to yeah. be hopefully that type of game tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, uh, I. I've said this in write-ups, and it's nice that I can finally articulate this in a podcast format, but Oscar Sweeway is 9,600. There is very few people on any slate at any time who, who, who can go out and get you 50 DK points. Oscar's done it eight times this year. Um, he can do it at any given time. So while I think Walker Kessler is going to be a unique challenge for him, someone who's got a little length on him and uh, can give him some fits down low, I, I – if you want to play Oscar, I'm not going to stop you. I might find a way to get him into my lineup. The 9600 doesn't scare me at all for someone who could legit go get 50 with ease. I I, I shouldn't even say this because it's 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 irrelevant. But he keeps he had a big long press conference today. She she boy they interviewed him, and uh, he said the word fight like 28 times or something like that. He's Foul ready trouble. for fight tomorrow. That's what I heard. I, yeah. I heard foul trouble. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I hear too. Yeah, substitute. Yep fight for foul trouble because he's too amped up. This is too important. And we saw it so many times at West Virginia, two early fouls. And then you're, you're dead. Your, your lineup's yep. dead. 
Well, I am fan. I'm so happy that I'm just learning of this now from you because now I'm probably going to recommend a fade because one of the things that has made Oscar so great this year, his ability to avoid foul trouble. And if this is his mentality going into this game, regardless if it's lip service or not. And the fact that Walker Kessler is a kind of a savvier post player who can give him some troubles. This, this could be, this could be one of those games where Oscar takes a quick seat. Yeah, it's risky and we don't want to get caught up and, in, in quotes and, and things like that, but but he has a long history of foul trouble and on the road in a crazy environment, I, it's it's certainly not out of the realm of possibility to see him get two fouls in the first three minutes. I hear I hear you there. Let me uh, put a bow on Kentucky. Ty Ty is eighty four hundred. That's more than I want to typically pay for him. But I love this game environment, so I can I get it if you want to play him. I, I think he's a special player, and special players do special things in games like this. Um, he's had 44 DK back on January 15, 53 DK on January 8th. He can go out and get it done in a number of ways with assists, rebounds, and just pure points. But 8,400 is a lot of money. If you want to play the narrative – uh, of a Shweeway, you can always look at Keon Brooks. He's the boring, steady guy who's been there and just kind of does a decent job as the four. Sometimes we'll knock down some shots. We'll consistently rebound throughout the game. And then one last name I want to throw out there is uh, Kellen Grady. Uh, only 5,300. He's a dead-eye shooter coming off his worst shooting performance, potentially of his career, just one for nine from three. And if you remember his days back at Richmond, this guy's an absolute sharp shooter. Um, I would expect him to bounce back, and if this one gets fun, he's someone who could reap the benefits of it. So th- that's my Kentucky takes. Yeah, I like those. Those are good takes. Uh, let's flip over to the Auburn side, and it, it's – uh, the the pricing is is fair and it, and it's it's accurate, but it's really weird to see the potential number one draft pick is the third option for the Auburn Tigers. Correct, very correct, and I think he's going to be a a really big matchup problem for for Kentucky. You know, because you got to keep in mind Jabari's like around six ten, yeah, and Kentucky doesn't go. I mean, Jacob's six nine, but he doesn't have the the skill that he has. But I mean, after that, Keon Brooks six seven, Oscar's only six nine. Granted, he's thick as can be. You know, Jabari Smith is someone who at six ten can take you inside, take you outside, take you off the bounce. Um, he hasn't really had one of those big blow up games in a while. I mean, Bama was a big one, but outside of that, he, it was before Christmas when he crossed 40 DK and before he crossed 30 DK. But again, this might be one of those showcase games where we see the best of Jabari Smith and at 7,800, I'm in for it. Yeah. Uh, he, he really stands out to me. I mean, Kessler can completely break a slate. Let's not, you, you know, let's, that, that's a fact. He can absolutely break a slate with his rebounding, with his shot blocking, with uh, his ability inside, even though she weighs a tough matchup. Uh, Wendell Green's going to shoot the ball a million times tomorrow. He's going to do some cool stuff that you're going to be like, oh, my God, that was amazing. But Smith's just going to chug along and make every right decision as a a freshman. Uh, He's going to hit every open shot. And, and yeah, I think if he shows a little bit more aggression than than he maybe has in the past in this kind of showcase game, I think he's a really, really intriguing option tomorrow. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with that. I, w- I want as much exposure as possible. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention uh, KD Johnson. 6000 is about the right price for him, I think. He is a little up and down, but when he's good, he's real good. And he's a fun player to watch. Yeah, and, and you know, Alan Flanagan was a guy who was a very good player, 
Uh, he's been kind of hurt here and there, but he played 30 minutes on January 15th. He played 24 minutes last game in a blowout. Uh, he's only 4,400. Experienced guy, a guy that we've seen go before in the past. Uh, I know he's been a little banged up this year, but he seems to be healthy, seems to be getting more minutes. And at 4,400, maybe a cheaper option to get some exposure to this game? Yeah, I like that. He's not afraid to shoot the three and has shown the ability, ability to get hot. Not as much this year as in years past, but we've seen him do it. Yeah, really looking forward to that game. I, I, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, obviously, Kentucky's playing well, but Auburn, man, they're they're a really fun team to watch. They are. It should be should be the best game of the day tomorrow, and I'm not just saying that because of SEC bias. I think you'd agree with me there, Bert. Yeah, for sure. I agree with you, and I, and I think we've got the best followers on Twitter as well. That is a hell of a transition to end this thing. <laughs> uh, Bucketheads, we you know we we joke around a lot. You, you guys are you guys are awesome. Uh, we we really love. Uh, the followers and the interaction and, and just, you know, being like, like Joe said, being, uh, you know, helping you put the puzzle pieces together and, and, and that's what we're here for. And that's what we want to do. Obviously we do it for free. Um, if you do want to send us a donation sometime, we would, we would happily take it and invest it into our nonprofit business. Um, Joe, anything you want to add to finish this thing off? Yeah. The donation tabs on the website, uh, at CBB dash DFS.com. Um, if you haven't signed up for prize picks yet, um, you can use promo code CBB DFS when you sign up and get a hundred percent deposit match, uh, which is kind of a nice feature that gives us a little something too. So, uh, that's about all I have. Uh, I'm getting super excited for hoops tomorrow, especially this Virginia tech, Boston college game. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. I will text or I'll send out a tweet in the morning if I'm playing Caleb Mills. Yes. Uh, we want our Bucketheads to win all of the money this weekend. I mean, all literally just win all the money. Every tournament, every top prize. 